no regrets. You know, if I could go back and change time, I'd probably do it again. Uh, you know, you only know what you know uh, when you're making those decisions. Um, and a lot of great came out of it. Um, you know, we, we hit COVID a couple months after we closed the deal and uh, it was really great to be on a bigger team with a lot of support. Hello and a warm collisions YYC. Welcome to my guest this morning, Mr. Sean Freeman. How are you doing, Sean? Hey, Tyler. Good. How are you doing? I am awesome, man. It is. It has been. It has been a hot minute since you and I did a podcast together. I was digging into my archives today. You were episode. You were guest number thirty-seven on They Just Get It. So if anybody really, really wants to dig in and know Sean's story, I highly recommend go Google that, and they'll come up. But we were joking. It was March fourth, twenty twenty. We we probably spoke in January or February, but for anyone who remembers March 2020, it was a pivotal time when the world changed around us. That I believed uh, you and I didn't even didn't even hint about when we chatted on our podcast. Yeah, I don't think we were uh, very good at predicting what was to come. So uh, definitely interesting to look back. <laughs> predicting the future, yeah. Uh, I notoriously uh, uh, again, it's like economists. Some will tell us that you know, some will tell us things are going to go well. Some will tell us the world will fail sooner or later. They're both going to be right. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sean, it's exciting to have you on. You've had a hell of a journey since you and I had our first episode, and I love not only the "Where are we now?" kind of updates. You and I've got to know each other over the years, and I've grown to know you as a passionate, community-minded entrepreneur, a successful entrepreneur, and I say successful in a way that a lot of us entrepreneurs aspire. We want to exit. We want to grow. We want to get acquired. We want to go on the journey. You've gone on that journey, and I love uh, watching it as your friend and as 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 an admirer of what you've been able to do in your life and the community you've created around you. But let's peel back some of the layers because it's not all sunshines and roses when you do a, when you do a sale when you do a merger and when, then all of a sudden maybe you find yourself with quote unquote nothing to do. And I know you're not a guy who has nothing to do, but for the audience, we're not going to do the whole story, but. Tell us a little bit. You and I went live in 2020. Um, just give us the highlights of the sale, the merger, the the second sale, and we'll unpack it a little bit from there. Yeah, no, thanks for the kind words. Obviously, uh, coming from you, that means a ton. Um, oh, thanks, man. We, uh, yeah, definitely in, in 2020, uh, in January, we closed the sale of my company, TWT Group. Um, and just I'll caveat everything I'll say in this podcast with uh, no regrets. Um you know, if I could go back and change time, I'd probably do it again. Uh, you know, you only know what you know uh, when you're making those decisions. Um, and a lot of great came out of it. Um, you know, we, we hit COVID a couple months after we closed the deal. And uh, it was really great to be on a bigger team with a lot of support. Um, and it was really great to see the team that I brought uh, on to uh, when I got acquired um, just really step up their game. Uh, a lot of the people that were with me for quite a while uh, just really showed up. Uh, you know, some of them didn't agree with it, um, but they got comfortable really quickly, and uh, and they they made they made the best of it. Um, you know, and, and I don't say that in a bad way. I think uh, they they really kind of you know a lot of them got raises six months after they joined because people just saw how great they were. Um, they stepped into you know manager roles in a bigger company. We were 25 people. Uh, we got acquired by a company that was almost 400. Um, and to, to be able to do that, to come in as the little guy and step have a bunch of your people that have been in the company for a while step into management roles, um, that quickly after was pretty amazing. Uh, and just kind of shows you what kind of people they are. Um, and, uh, and that's great. Uh, the other silver lining too, you, you learn a lot of stuff when you do something like that. You learn a lot about yourself. Um, you learn about what's important. You learn about the people. Um, you you kind of 
when you put, you know, uh, as you kind of alluded to, the things did take a little bit of a turn after a little while. Um, and you get to know how people react um, in the not so great times, right? Um, you know, do they step up and, and kind of face the challenge and work with you and, and uh, you know, team, keep that team together? Uh, or do they, you know, burn some bridges, right? And so <laughs> had a little bit of both uh, and yep. great to know um, that that knowledge is going to be uh, very valuable in the future. For all the biz, for all the business, for all the entrepreneurs, can you give us a little bit of the mechanics of, of the deal? Were, were you tied to it? Did you have an earnout? And again, you don't have to get into the numbers. As transparent as you want to be, sure. I'll always take it. But I really, I always respect. But understanding, you know, it was like boom, cash, wheelbarrow of money, right off into the sunset. Or no, you were actually hooked in to the deal uh, physically to be there for a while, or you chose to go and be there for a while. Like, give us a little yeah. bit of the nuts and bolts, or wherever you wherever you feel comfortable. Yeah, for sure. So we, we require for seven figures. Um, and, and so when that happens, the first people with their hand out are the CRA. Uh, so thank you, CRA. Uh, hopefully you're keeping busy uh, with that. And, uh, and so <laughs> the, the, deal well was, said. Uh, yeah, the deal was interesting. Um, obviously, you get some cash up front. That's always nice. Um, I did keep some shares in the new company. So I kept some ownership. Uh, the reason kind of the trigger to, to make me kind of get over the line and, and actually pull the trigger on the deal was that our vision was really aligned. Um, our culture from the outside looking in looked really good and, and it actually was day one. Um, and for, for a little bit, it was, it was very well aligned. Um, great people that we kind of, uh, you know, got into company with um, and people I looked up to prior to the deal, right? Like I'd, I'd had some relationships for some years prior and, and really great people. Um, and then I had an earnout, so I had a two-year earnout. Um, obviously, when you're a growing company and you're not kind of floundering and having issues, uh, you don't want to leave much on the table, right? So um, we had had our, our kind of three to five-year forecasts already done. Uh, we had sh- we had been able to show that we were hitting them in the, the ones that we had set in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we basically took our forecast and said, if we hit these, you know, we will obviously want to get paid appropriately. Mm-hmm. Um and so, and so that we did, and then, uh, you know, we didn't, a nice thing about that is we actually didn't hit our forecast a hundred percent, but I'd like to say it's like 94%, um, which I look at as a good thing. Cause I didn't leave anything on the table, <laughs> uh, you know, um, and with COVID three months after we signed the deal, um, I think that's pretty darn good. Obviously our industry <laughs> was fortunate. Un- unforeseen circumstances uh, at, at the, at the nth degree. Yeah, for sure. And, and we had clients that were coming and saying, you know, uh, our revenue is zero dollars. Uh, and yesterday it was a lot more than zero dollars. Uh, can you help us? Um, and so actually really used the platform of being in a, a part of a bigger company to do everything I could to help those businesses in Calgary um, that were struggling and, and really just couldn't pay their bill, honestly. And, and we didn't say, oh, yeah, you know, we'll just put it on the tab and you can pay it once you get your business back, you can catch up. No, we just actually waived their fees because they're like, well, we can't even work. Like, do we need you? And I'm like, my answer was like, you kind of still need your IT stuff to be secure. You're not going to be calling us because you're not working, but we want to keep you secure and that we care about that as a company and as just human beings. Um, so let's keep you secure. We're not going to charge you a dollar for it and we'll take care of you. Um, and, and it was a case by case basis. Obviously some people were able to do some stuff, mm-hmm. um, you know, after six months in kind of the dust settled, people could find a way to make something happen. And we, we, I just tried to be as flexible as I could to, to really step up and help those folks. 
And did your new partner with Fully Managed, were they on board with that? Because again, we'll talk yeah. about this, but you you merged two different cultures. And I, I know you well enough to know you have a very client-centric, you have a very caring mindset and a, and a filter that you, I think you put on the world. But you were acquired by somebody who maybe didn't, or did they align that way with you? Yeah, you know what? They, I went to them and I said, here's the, here's the story. Like we, we have kind of two choices here. We can step up to the plate or we can not. Uh, <laughs> we could be cool or we could not be cool. <laughs> right. And, yeah, yeah, and I got in, you. in 12 and 18 months since this pandemic passes, uh, the result will be what it is based on that decision we make. Um, and it was a pretty easy sell. I didn't have to beg anybody. I didn't have to do any. They got it. They understood. Um, there were still, you know, human beings and uh, everything. Everybody's just trying to figure it out. And so they said, yeah, use your best discretion. Um, and I said, no problem. I obviously, you know, do what's best for the team. And, and with the long term view, right, those relationships are still strong. Uh, I still go for, you know, a beer just to catch up with people and you know, we're, it's all humans behind the business, right? So, so yeah, that wasn't too big of a deal, even with the okay, big company. I, I appreciate that. And for you, moving from an ownership role into what was your title? You were regional VP uh, at yeah, uh, Fully Managed. Yeah, I came became the regional VP for Alberta at Fully Managed. So, uh, I, they had an Edmonton uh, office as well. So, I started to manage that one. Um, I actually made it up to Edmonton in February of 2020 to meet the team. And so that was really great to put faces to names and I think helped kick us off on a good foot. Um, you know, even their team was worried, right? Um, they're like, oh, we got a new boss. Who's, who, the, who the heck is this new guy? So uh, what was, how big was the team size in Alberta? Uh, yeah, so there was about 20 people up in Edmonton and then our 25. Um, okay, so, so yeah, du- my, basically doubled. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're, basically you're doubled your team. Cool. Um, and yeah, there's just, a, there's like just a ton of uncertainty when when a transaction happens. Um you know, our jobs are our jobs safe, and uh, you know, are are we going to get replaced, or what's our opportunity now? Like future career goals, and um, and then COVID hits, and even like ten x is that uncertainty for everyone. Um, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So really yeah. navigating all that, uh, yeah, definitely got uncomfortable with not knowing what was around the corner. Well, it kind of, you know, again, looking back in hindsight and all that, it, it actually gave you an opportunity to create a safe space where nothing was safe. Like, you know, never had we all been put to our knees at the same time as a, as a society. I heard a few people say that. And, but yet, you know, you were able to come in and go, Hey, well, all right, well, we're going to keep a safe space over here because this is, this is what we can control, which sometimes, which felt very little for a few days there for a lot of us. And I'm having town halls and the team's like, what's going to happen? When's it going to be over? I'm like, I, I have not qualified to answer any of those questions. So in the meantime, here's what we're going to do to make the best of the situation we have. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, we started, I think everybody just started to realize we're in it together. Let's figure it out. Let's help each other. I think a lot of people stepped up in such big ways that you could probably remember, you know, our memory is short uh, for traumatic events. We try to forget them, but I think, you know, there was a lot of, I went and bought a lot of gift cards. I'm, I'm, I thought I might not be able to cash, uh, you know, just cause I was like, it gets money in your pocket. Like a coffee shop that I love locally, Gravity, you know, yep. it's like, I don't, I don't know where my business is in two years. I'm like, I don't care. Take my money. Um, cause if you don't, it probably won't be here. Right. So just finding ways to help. Um, and, and they can be little, they, they could have been big and, you know, do what we can, right. Each person. 
Yeah, no, I remember we did uh, we did a little campaign around We Are Calgary Business and found, zeroed in on a couple of businesses, the Lakeview Bakery. Uh, we worked with the help, Billy, our mutual friend over at Village. I think actually how we met through Billy, uh, yeah. Billy Friley at Village Ice Cream and uh, did some did some ability to funnel some. We were lucky as knowledge workers, we were able to keep working through that time. And sure, it changed and it shifted and we had some clients significantly cut back budgets, but they still, some of our larger clients, Honda, Hopewell, they still needed to be in market. So we were able to, you know, the gift of being quote unquote knowledge workers. And if you had a computer an internet connection, you could still do work, and that was a, that was a, such a privilege, you know, at, at at that time. So you're you've taken, you've moved, you've done, you've done the, you've you've checked the first entrepreneurial box. You built a business and you sold the business. Got yourself a little bit of a job in the meantime, which just sounds like it was okay. Uh, I'm using the job word a little bit playfully for sure, of course, because most entrepreneurs I know don't go, geez, I can't wait to get a job at a big company so I can just get paid. Um, no, so two years, and well, things changed again. But talk to us a little bit about. You know, we got through COVID and again brought us all together. You, like you said about it, really unified us the first six months, and then man, really it started to divide us in a whole other way after that. But let's leave that one for another podcast on social, uh, our social commentary on the world and, and divisiveness. But you're at fully managed. You've been there for a couple of years, and things are maybe starting to shift a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So even a, a little bit, I'll kind of diverge before I get to that. But um, yeah, like as soon as COVID hit, I left Facebook as quickly as I possibly could. <laughs> Good uh, advice. So if you can't find me on there, that's why I got off of there. And that's probably the best thing I did. Um, the other great thing too, like uh, at my company, we actually threw the stampede party. If, you, if you've been to Calgary, um, obviously that's what we do. Uh, we take 10 days off and, and have fun. Um, but we did a we did a fundraiser for a charity, and we've been doing this event since 2014. Um, and uh, credit to the company that bought us fully managed. Obviously, in 2020, we couldn't throw that party. Uh, the year prior, we raised uh, I think it was 30 grand in 2019. Um, they stepped up and said, "Like, hey guys, uh, you can't do the party. We've got the budget. Just donate that money to them." Oh, very um, cool. That's great. I didn't know that story. That's a great. So that's, that that's was, a good. That's a good shout out for those guys. And that's that for the. That's amazing. for the Trellis Society, correct? Is what you. Guys yeah, that money went to Trellis Society, formerly Boys and Girls Clubs of Calgary, um, and so you know that was kind of the that was the picture when we first joined. They were like, "Let's just do it." Obviously, like community is super important. Um, I think everywhere, uh, but I think especially in Calgary, it's a big small town, and, and we're very community focused here. So, um, so that was really good. And, and yeah, I'd say, you know, for the first even year and a half, kind of, you know, well into COVID, uh, the, the rhetoric was, you know, keep doing what you're doing. You guys are doing a great job. We don't want to break it. Um, and that was really awesome. I had the support of everybody, the leadership team. My team saw that and they were like, oh, this is actually nice. We were expecting the complete opposite, uh, but here we are. We're able to just do what we do well and, uh, and keep going. So, um, and then you know, as you as a as an acquisition happens, there's obviously different methodologies around doing them, right? Some companies buy and just leave them as is forever, um, and some companies buy and then just integrate it, and then your brand becomes one. How you do things all becomes one. Uh, you know, you try to some sometimes you take oh they're doing that better, let's implement that across the board. Um, a bunch of that happened uh, for us actually, um, and then. You know, we're, we're in a service business. We're IT services. Um, so the, the last thing to integrate, I would say, was the uh, service teams. Um, and the idea was like, we want to integrate these service teams. We don't want to break anything. We want actually to take all the good stuff they're doing and we want to multiply that. Um, but as you know, as like a business owner, uh, execution is key. 
Um, <laughs> so I think uh, that that was maybe not uh, ideal. That didn't go as well as I would have hoped. Um, and uh, and so as soon as that happened, you know, we're all humans. We're all on the same team. Um, I kind of stepped up and said, hey, like I got some ideas. Um, this is how we did it. Maybe we should try that. Uh, we should get back to that maybe. Because um, it was pretty black and white. You know, we went from a one week, everything was, you know, eight out of 10. Um, and the next week it was a four out of 10, um, being generous a little bit. And so it was, it was kind of like, well, let's just quickly, let's just rewind a little bit. Um, and for whatever reason, uh, nobody told me or has, has filled me in, but that didn't happen. Um, and, and so we went on, we kept going in that direction and we said, okay, uh, things are, you know, they're still getting worse. We've, we know we got to fix them. We've got some ideas. Um, and uh, none of them seem to kind of turn, turn things around and work. Um, you know, I, I, I kept saying all the things that mattered. I was like, you know, these people care about great service. They care about the relationship. When they call in, they want to talk to a couple people they've talked to before. Um, so why don't we just create like customer pods, right? And have them call in. Um, the, the thing that I started to realize is in a big company, um, if if people don't want to do something, uh, they tell you that, oh, that doesn't sound scalable. <laughs> okay. right? yep. and so, so I heard that doesn't sound scalable a lot uh, after that point, about a year and a half in. Um, and I, and then I started to say, well, because they kept asking me like, what do we need to do to get this turned around? I'm like, what I told you about a week ago, try that. <laughs> uh, I haven't changed my mind, uh, in case you're <laughs> sure. You I haven't changed my mind and you haven't tried those. the idea. So here we sit. <laughs> so we're still here. Um, and, and I, I got to the point where I was like, well, I'm kind of just beating my head against the, the wall here. Cause I tell you what to do. You ask me what to do. You don't do it. And then you get the same result, right? It's kind of insanity. Um, and then, yeah, I kept hearing, you know, that's not scalable. That's not scalable. And then I just started to get like really upset and like, you know, there's a huge emotional piece to it there. Like my clients I had and have amazing relationships with, I care about them and their business. I care about, you know, they're paying for amazing service. They should get it. They should get the value. I stopped being able to like defend things for them. Cause I'm like, authentically as a person, I, I don't know what to tell you. It's out of my control. And that's obviously what happens with an acquisition. Um, you know, maybe I could have taken an executive role instead of a VP role and had a bit more say, but, um, at the end of the day, it, it turned into this emotional, uh, mess. And I, and I always told myself, if I stop caring and I'm, I'm going to leave, I'm not like, I'm not just going to quiet quit or burn the bridge. That's not who I am. Um, and, and I did everything to support my team and, you know, kind of like paint the picture like, hey, this is it's going to be better. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of just got sick of hearing it's not scalable. Um, and one day I said, well, I don't think it's scalable to lose all your customers. And then it clicked for me. I was just like, yeah, <laughs> that's true. Uh, <laughs> you know, and, and it was very simple. Um and I said, okay, well, it, it, you know, you guys seem to know what you're doing. You seem to not listen to anything I say, um, which is fine. And I'm not going to be that guy. But uh, if you know the right way, then that sounds great. 
um, you've we've given it a year and we're not seeing any potential or positive results we're seeing actually the opposite it's getting worse um, and so I see where this is going and and last fall I decided to leave um, just because yeah I I started to not care as much right and yeah when that happened I was like you well, know, it's an interesting is- dynamic because, you know, listening from the outside, again, I'm going to put on my armchair psychologist hat, which I keep here on my desk at all times. You know, it's it's not that you didn't care, but all of a sudden the impact of your caring would be felt futile. It felt frustrating. So rather than getting jaded and becoming those other things you said, caring started to be withdrawn, but it's not because you stopped. You stopped caring because caring was going to turn you into something or put you down a path that you didn't want to go that wasn't aligned with you. So it's an interesting dichotomy to think about that. You stopped caring because you did care (laughs) so much and realizing that if I care, I'm just going to start getting upset and becoming maybe the asshole guy in meetings. And then it's really easy to dismiss you and your ideas because you become that guy because you cared. It's an interesting, you know, dichotomy of the balance of, you know, you, you, you cared enough that you had to stop caring. <laughs> so it's just exactly. like, again, but I'll take my psychologist hat off and put it back on the corner of my desk. And I, I remember even I quoted, I said, you know, the only reason I'm like being adamant about getting these things fixed and I'm like raising my voice is because I care. And I said, if, if you don't want me to care, then let's have a conversation and like we can exit me. Right. Like, like, I'm fine. Let's figure it out. If it doesn't make sense for me to be here, it doesn't make sense, right? Um, but, it, and, and yeah, it got, it got there. So, un- unfortunately, I left. Um, but here we are. <laughs> and um, Fully Managed also had an event from a from a growth and a scale standpoint with a with a, yeah. with another big local player. So but I don't want I don't want to leave that out of the story because that's an interesting journey that you kind of you you jumped on that ride by by being acquired by them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So I kept obviously kept some skin in the game um, when I got acquired by Fully Managed. Two years after that, a uh, company that you probably might have heard of, uh, Telus, bought uh, Fully Managed out. Um, and you know, honestly, I. I you know, you think, okay, well, Telus came in and ruined everything. Uh, actually, no. Like, they came mm. in and didn't touch anything um, prior to me leaving. So uh, I can't even, you know, I don't even know what the experience of uh, Telus coming in and changing things and potentially right. making them better is because uh, I didn't experience it um, before I left. So, uh, de- like, you know, everybody just assumes they came and broke it, but definitely not not the case. I think it was... Uh, I appreciate was that because you're right. Away. It's easy to bang. It's easy to to blame the big logo, right? Always. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, but yeah, definitely just want to, you know, obviously tell, tell them how it is. And, uh, um, there's a lot of dynamics in bigger companies that you just don't realize. I think, um, you know, before I got acquired, uh, I had these like really, really thick, uh, rose colored glasses, uh, for bigger companies. <laughs> Coke, Coke, Coke that, bottle, Coke bottle glasses. You know, they, but like, the big giant ones. Yeah. Like I, I was probably blind without them. And, and it was like, you know, oh, FM, like, or I was looked up to fully manage. They, they really seemed like they were doing great things and, and they were honestly. Um, and you know, oh, tell us is going to buy us. That's going to be amazing. They're going to give us so much more resources. We're going to be able to go acquire and hit our goals and, you know, do all these really cool things. Um, but it's, it's honestly like as a small business owner, uh, I've seen so many small, medium businesses and not even talking about my own. We run a great shop, but I've seen so many others that do such an amazing job. Um, they, you know, if if the bigger companies saw how quickly they moved and how easy their processes were and how well they worked with customers and built community, they would. Em- they do, I'm sure, envy that. 
ability to have those things as a, as a business. Um, and they have to make up for them in other ways. Right. So, you know, as a business owner, my, you know, if I could rewind time, I'd say, you know, don't think that you're not a big deal when you're a small business, like you Mm -hmm. are. Um, and not only to your clients, like to your team. Right. Um, and that's something I didn't know. And now I do. It's interesting. We have a mutual friend. I won't get into details, but another IT company here in town that was acquired by a large global company and they bought them because of their unique market position. They bought them because of their culture and everything. And then they proceeded to absolutely, and I will say this, and again, I'm not going to speak for him, absolutely destroy it. <laughs> and and like people left, careers were wrecked, 20-year employees were treated badly. And the brand, I think, evaporated within three to five years of the acquisition. And it was a highly... I would say they paid a strong multiple to buy this valued thing that they saw. And then when they tried to plug it into the Borg, if you will, it completely eroded like, you know, the value at which was intended for the shareholders never was recognized because yeah. the governance and this is how we do things over here actually destroyed what was the value proposition of that very successful, almost 30 year small business in your, in your sector. I mean, I guess we know, we know, we both knew who we're talking about. I want to get into it, but I had yeah. a ringside seat to that being with being good friends with the owner and watching the exit. And uh, it was just, He's like, well, you know, I, I gotta, it, it, I, I, I've made my journey, but it just made him sad <laughs> to watch the business and all the people get destroyed. It literally got destroyed. I think it didn't even last five years after the acquisition, yeah. and it was done. Yeah, honestly, I, I saw it going down, and I was, I was sad for him too because you know, he was a, he was a great person and somebody I looked up to in the industry. Um, he did and- okay. Let's not, let's not, won't cry for him too much because he did, all, he did all right. But no. the thing that he built and the and the intentions behind why he built it did not survive the the merger, <laughs> the acquisition. Yeah. And I think like as as a business owner, once you have a sale and have a success, like you realize there's more to success than just the dollars in the bank, right? It's mm-hmm. it's honestly like those relationships and the purpose that you built. Because once you sell the company, the purpose of it gets evaporated like that, right? Um, and it's it not, just, it's not, right? it's not your thing anymore. It's just not, no, it's not your thing. And, and really, um, that's another superpower of small businesses. Like you can actually have a purpose and feel it every day. Uh, you know, it's super intangible, but <laughs> you know, it's there. It's intangible, but yeah, you can wrap your hands around it. Curious yeah. for you. And I think I've talked to a lot of different business owners, a lot of friends over the years that have exited their businesses and some seamlessly. Uh, and I'm talking about them as humans, not as the business or even the business owner, but as an individual. And our mutual friend who we're talking about, he said to me years, he's told me this 10 years ago, he's like, whatever you do, make sure you build you beside your business, not on top of your business. Because one day that business will go away for whatever reason. And if that's who you built yourself on and your identity and how you show up in the world, that's going to be pretty tough when you when that gets removed. So for you, how much of a you know, crisis of character, or just evolution or identity uh, happened and maybe advice that you can give to business owners. Cause oh, there's, we get so focused on chasing the deal and the sale and that goal that it's easy to forget the whole shit. Who am I after my business is sold? <laughs> yeah, honestly, it was uh, part of that for me is that I didn't, I don't know if I tied my identity to my business. Um, my, my business and like, kind of what I really valued and still value is the relationships that I had and have. I, I don't think I've lost a single relationship from building through building my business. I appreciate like um, I, putting that in the, in the, on the balance sheet as, as, as a currency. And I'm not trying to not, they're trying to like de de emotional yeah. that, but I, I love that like that it was part of your personal balance sheet. Yeah. And the other cool thing mm-hmm. too, like being acquired. Um, and I'd say like 
successfully for a year and a half afterwards, um, I built a lot of new cool relationships too. Mm, there was some people enough. that I could see like they have so much potential and they're doing a good job and they're great people and I still keep in touch with them. Um, you know, and, and so I added to that pot too. And yeah, that's kind of what I focus on. I think um, a business is just a vehicle, uh, but at the end of the day, it's driven by people. And if you can, you know, stay true to your values and, and uh, you know, take care of those people, um, you know, you'll come out the other side great. And, and I think that's one thing, you know, even with COVID, um, and it maybe kind of pointed me in that direction unknowingly, like COVID kind of said, like, you got to take care of the community here. This is a great opportunity to shine. Um, we obviously took it as much as we could, but then same with our team members, right? Um, you know, after the sale and in COVID, like let's make sure our people are taken care of. And, and I try to do the best as I could. Uh, there might be one or two people out there that say I failed miserably or something, but I think overall, uh, everyone's entitled to their opinion, Sean. Yeah. <laughs> everyone's entitled to um, their opinion. You know, the fact that people still talk to me and, and, you know, I'm not on Facebook, so they can't, you know, tag me and bash me on there. So it's fine. Um, but no, I think, I think all in all, I think, uh, I still have a lot of the majority of those relationships are still super strong. I, 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 I really, and, and to know you and to be, you know, I would consider myself part of, uh, you know, uh, that group that you and I have built a relationship over the last, of the last handful of years. And it is, you can tell by knowing you that it is of high, of high value and, uh, Eight months into, uh, I'm looking on your LinkedIn right now, as I always, I'm a professional creeper, personal goal pursuit, career break. I'm currently fun employed and pursuing some fun goals and shiny ideas along spending time. So you've now exited everything. You took a break. To be clear, just to put context for the audience, you were, you are uh, at the ripe old age of 38 and you, and you sailed off to the proverbial sunset. How's it been just being a guy, just a man about town, uh, obviously still engaging in community, but how has this experience been for you over the last eight months? Oh yeah. It's been, it's been actually really nice. It's been, uh, you know, when I left, uh, when I left in the fall last year, um, I had high blood pressure. I was 20 pounds heavier. Uh, and so I knew I had to fix those things. Um, you know, for the first time that I can remember, I actually was like truly stressed. And the reason I, I kind of look back and I'm like the, the, my definition of stress is when something is affecting me and I can't control it. Uh, and, and I was in that spot. So, uh, but, but the dichotomy is I could control it cause I just left and problem solved. <laughs> we always um, have, a, we always have a choice where the illusion we, of no choice sometimes is the trap. <laughs> yeah. So that was, that was the choice. And so I started to really focus on my health. Um, you know, and honestly it was, uh, I got, I got some coaching around weight loss and, um, and you know, I was on blood pressure medication for a year and now I'm not. My doctor's like, Oh, great. This You're never good. happens. You're good. <laughs> no, nobody ever like gets high blood pressure and then fixes it. That's and often like, a lifetime diagnosis of you get to yeah. take these meds forever, right? Mm. Well, and the thing too is like my doctor was like, well, why do you want to stop doing the medication? Like what, like what's your goal? And I'm like, I just don't want to be on the med. Like, I don't care if there's no side effects. Like why be on it if I don't have to? Cause that means I've got an underlying issue. Right. So I've got this body own, that's designed to work really well. If I give it a chance, right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a yeah, huge proponent think, of the health and fitness piece. So I'm glad to hear that was been part of your journey. That's great. For sure. So I spent a, I spent a good, good chunk of the spring just focusing on that. Um, and then, yeah, I got a few trips in, went to South Africa, we went to Spain, um, just, you know, a little bit of adventure to kind of clear the mind, um, which is yeah. really awesome. Yeah. You know, the other thing I realized uh, through the whole journey is like 
when I just didn't have anything to think about and anything to work on in the back of my head, my brains came up with like so many cool things. It's like, oh, you had space. Well, you, you, gave, you had space. <laughs> you get you give it space, and it comes up with such amazing things. And like I didn't even know that before because I've never in my entire thirty eight years had just time to do nothing and have time to give my brain nothing to do. Right. Um, so that's like super powerful. And, uh, you know, and, and some of those ideas are future think forward thinking and some of them are past. They're like, Oh, I should have done it that way. Oh, I, <laughs> I like that because your brain doesn't qualify past, present or future. It just, it just thinks about things. <laughs> I love yeah. that. <laughs> and so, Oh, that's great. Yeah, so I'm like, you know, the, the world's, the world's your oyster brain. And it, it came up with all these things and, um, and then the other piece too, is just like, this gave me gratefulness of like all the things that we did. Right. And, you know, when you have a business that's running well, um, there's that healthy paranoia as a business owner, you always are very skeptical of how well you're doing. Yep. Um, but really the, the frame that I have now is like, we did such an amazing job and, you know, uh, I don't know, it's, it's hard to recreate that, but, um, but you never know what the future holds, right? It's, um, yeah, so that's what I did on my on my time off. I've you know we we threw the stampede party again. We we kind of when we got acquired, I that you know once once COVID was over and things you know were starting to go downhill, you know budgets went away for stampede parties, um, and so we I actually took that event and made it its own thing so it would survive. Um, they didn't have to fund it, and, and it wasn't IP or anything. Um, and so I took it out and said, I'm just going to still run this. I want to support the charity still. I don't really care if I'm not working. I'll, I'll find a way. And so I said, uh, I got a couple sponsors last year um, in 2022. And they were like, yeah, we'll, we'll help sponsor it to keep it going. Um, and I put it together. And last year we raised $12,000. We broke the 100K. We, we got over the 100K total raised for Travis. Oh, nice. Sweet. Um, and then this year we raised $32,000. Uh, which was amazing. pretty pretty amazing uh, for just a you know five hour party. Um, it was a fabulous five hour party. I had the privilege and the opportunity to attend this year, and it was a little bit of a who's who of the Calgary kind of tech and innovation ecosystem. It was it was a great crowd. So kudos. Like I will for for anyone who didn't get an invite, find a way to get an invite next year, uh, and find a way to to donate as well because it was a fabulous event. So I'm going to give you five stars on that one, my friend. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah, it's and you know back to the focus on the relationships and again like. I wanted the people in that room that wanted to be in that room. Um, and it's for a good cause. Like we sell it for two fifty a ticket. Um, you know, you can go, go to a stampede party, get beef on a bun for 20 bucks. Right. Um, but it's, but my, my reasoning is like, you know, I had some people say like, Oh, the ticket's a bit pricey for me. And I was like, but your business, like you want, like for your company, you want to be in front of, businesses that have money to invest or to spend uh, and they care about value and they care about quality. Like, I don't think there's another place in Calgary that you can find that crowd um, curated for you like Mm -hmm. that and to pay $250 to go and be able to talk to those people, I think is a very small expense. Um, And then with the, Obviously, and come on, let's be blunt. It can, it's a business expense, and two fifty as a business expense is a pretty nominal fee, considering what we all pay for as business owners, big or small yeah, businesses. People <laughs> probably blow that much on Google AdWords and don't get half the results, right? So, oh, unfortunately, Sean, they blow a lot more than that. But anyway, exactly. Google AdWords so can be a lot like going to Vegas. You think you have a system until it takes all your money, but that's another conversation for another day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
So, and, and that's the thing I wanted to curate. I wanted to kind of bring small business together. So every, every sponsor we had this year was a local Calgary small business um, and to support the community. And I've taken those two things, uh, curated amazing people to, to make that possible. And, uh, and we have a lot of fun and the charity is much better off for it. No, I've really seen you in the last eight months, you know, lean into your community and hosting some, you know, beer and wine events after work. And you've got a digital transformation event that's coming up here. Um, this will probably air in September, so it would have already passed. But I do appreciate that, you know, I know I have other friends, business owners that kind of sold and, and, and disappeared. You didn't do that at all. You really took this time to engage with your community. And again, I'm speaking purely from seeing it from the outside and knowing you and having the privilege and opportunity to take part of some of these events. And it's a room full of good people. And so your story around what really mattered was the relationships and just because I'm not at the company, that doesn't matter. That's actually even more important now. And I've got more time to, to, to be the best version of me at those. And I appreciate that story because a lot of times and a lot of the business owners I know that made the sale, they don't always think about much past the sale. Like that is the goal line. Like I got the goal and oh shit, now the game's over. Everyone went home and I'm standing here by myself. Hmm, what game am I playing now? So I do really appreciate the, you know, and no matter what stage of your life, there's always the what what game is next. So I appreciate your honesty sure. around that and just how it's been a real, sounds like a real heartfelt kind of personal journey for you. And it sounds like it's working out awesome. And I know you hinted a little bit about, well, who knows what the future. So, you know, I'm already going to put a pin on that one for episode number three that you and I are going to do. There is a five timers club and we're, you know, technically right now we're only three episodes away from that. So <laughs> it's very coveted position I, I've heard. So I think uh, you and I might, might end up having this chat again down the road. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. It's a, it's a great goal. And I mean, it's funny how many people like when, when they know you're not working and you're retired, like uh, I reached out for people for lunch and they're like, Oh, I'll buy it. I got to get the retired person lunch. You know what I mean? Which is, which is hilarious and kind of funny and, and always appreciated. Um, Do you use the word uh, retired? Are you, are you, are you retired? Cause you know, career break is one thing retired is yeah. a, it's a, it's a powerful concept that I think is one misinterpreted and sometimes very unclearly defined. <laughs> Oh yeah, I think we're. I think if if I'm retired, then I'm definitely changing the definition of it. So. <laughs> Why, well, hey man, you're leading. There's there's leading by example isn't the best way. Is the only way. So I like your example of retired. It works for me. So I uh, I choose it better than the oh you're going to retire and sit on a rocking chair and just wait for life to be over. That's the old. That's an old crusty version of retirement. I have no. I have zero interest in. <laughs> well, at the end of the day, like like I said, kind of before is um you know as a person you still want a purpose. You still want to make impact. Like. I want to make impact in, in my community and for other people and for my family until the day I die. Right. And so if, you know, if retirement means like, you know, golfing and doing nothing and making no impact, like, eating bonbons, <laughs> then that's not for me. I mean, I like golfing. No, nothing against golfing, but that's all you're doing and you're not, it's you just know, like, one of the things that's not going to be the, the end all and be all. And yeah, about, you know, I've had, I, do you know, uh, do you know, Jeff Russell? Uh, no. gentleman here in town, he just wrote a book called uh, fire yourself first. And he was at that stage in his career where someone offered him a, you know, a wheelbarrow of money and he sat back and go, you know, the money's nice, but this business actually feeds my purpose. It's actually an ATM for me. And he uses those terms. It gives me cash flow that facilitates this life. And I'm able to help these other, it's a coaching business and they help other businesses in the U S and around transitioning from medical practices to aesthetic based. And he's built it over the years. And he just, he turned down the offer and said, no, because one, it's a great business. Two, it fills me up. 
what actually am I chasing if not that? And he wrote a book about that simple concept, but more importantly about creating enough space in your business, which I know you and I both subscribe to, that you can still have some of that. You can have that fulfillment because you're allowing this business to run over here. Selling it doesn't always have to be the exit as long as your purpose is still getting aligned. And there's so many definitions of what it looks like if you're clear on what the the what's important to you. And I think that oftentimes the dollar figure gets the most um, spotlight and it's not the complete picture. If I was going to prophesize here a little bit. Mm hundred percent. And I think the other thing too, like being a younger leader and like when I sold my business, um, there's a lot of fear too, right? Like you don't, you don't have the confidence to say like this business is, is solid and I can weather whatever storms are coming, you know, like the view from my fear-based kind of perspective when they came and said, Hey, we want to talk about acquiring you. Um, like I knew in the back of my head, they got to buy a company in Calgary to complete this vision. So I was like, if it's not me, it's someone else. And now I've got another competitor that's got a lot of money. And, and then I, I looked at it and, you know, the vision and the goals were, were great and, and could have helped us make more impact. Um, and so I was like, well, you know, it could have, a part of it was for sure a fear-based decision. Um, and, you know, being going through what I've gone through now, potentially taking a lot of that knowledge and wisdom and, and uh, hard-earned, um, you know, know-how and, and kind of been there, done that. Um, you know what, maybe the next thing, if somebody comes and says, we want to buy you, it, it won't be as fear-based of a decision either, right? And, mm, and I'll have more confidence yeah. too, right? So, and, and that's just like, you know, the, the what if again back to my first comment no regrets um you know it's, no regrets uh, but lots of learnings <laughs> lots of learnings and and then like and my question since i've left is like how do i take what i did and leverage it to create more impact for you know the the people that i value relationships with and my community right because i can you know like that is a credible thing it, it gives me credibility it creates you know, creates uh, some value and, and shows that I know kind of know what I'm doing. Um, and it clearly and fills have, you up. Like, let's not forget that. Like that's so oh, for important because sure. it gives you that energy and that I'm excited to get out of bed today. Why? Well, cause I've got all this to look forward to, right? Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> that old uh, joke, what do we have to look forward to? There's a lot to, there's a lot to be said for that. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. There is. Sean, love our conversations, love uh, an absolute privilege. You know, you and I met way back, way back pre-COVID, like lifetimes, generations ago and become, <laughs> and uh, consider you a friend and I've really enjoyed watching your journey. And it was fun today to get on and, you know, cause again, I know you, but this, this environment or certainly this medium gives me a chance to go, well, how did you feel? And what really happened? And, you know, if you know somebody who's made an exit, sit down with them and dig in, you know, it's not like, Hey, how much did you get? Okay. And now what about all the other things? And I think that's often what gets left out as we as entrepreneurs chase this infamous goalpost or, or if it, if it is, if it even is the goalpost. <laughs> oh yeah. Like, I mean, like realistically, like selling a business is something that not a lot of people get to do. Yeah. Um, and there's not a lot of people to lean on for expertise uh, and everybody that did it that's not super close to a friend isn't going to tell you the, the bad side of it. The messy bits. <laughs> and the things you wish would have went right. Um, you know, it's uh, so, so definitely like I'm happy to, happy to share that. And, and I appreciate you know, putting obviously, it out there. Obviously, I'll learn, I'll learn from all that myself. What's the best way if someone wants to get a hold of you? I know you're super active on LinkedIn. Kudos to you on that. I love it. Your LinkedIn your LinkedIn's great. Is that, is, that a good, is that a good channel for someone who wants to reach out to you directly? Yeah, LinkedIn's probably the best place or just my website, seanfreeman.ca. 
Nice. Amazing. Well, Sean, thanks for your honesty. Thanks for your candor. Thanks for the contribution you make to the city. And um, thanks for coming on again. I look forward to, I'm already looking forward to episode number three, whenever, whenever that is. Hopefully we don't have a, to have to have a pandemic in between for it to come around again. But no, I have a yeah. sneaking suspicion that things are on the horizon for you in the future. And I look forward to, uh, the. I love the where are we now updates. Where's, where's Sean now? What is he up to now? But thanks for coming on, my friend. It's an absolute pleasure getting to know you. And I really enjoyed this conversation. Thank you. Thanks for having me on, man.